opportunity to chat with Jake Scott over Zoom video. Jake Scott was born and raised in Fayetteville, Arkansas. He actually attended the University of Arkansas, which is in that same town. So he was living, born and raised, lived in the same area until he was 22 years old when he moved to Los Angeles. He talks about how he got into music. He was into drumming, started drumming at a very early age, ended up playing in some garage bands, played in the church band for a while. And it wasn't until he discovered John Mayer that he decided, wow, I want to become a singer-songwriter. So he got his first guitar and started really to pursue music, but not professionally yet. That didn't happen until his junior year of college. Through a friend, he was able to get some studio time in Franklin, Tennessee, and he recorded his very first EP there. Not thinking anything of it, he put it up online, and it does amazing on iTunes. Even lands in the hands of David Hodges, who is a Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter. He used to be in the band Evanescence. Dave calls him. Dave Hodges calls him and says, hey, I love your record. I want to work with you. You need to come to L.A. So Jake Scott hops on a plane, goes to L.A. next month, chats with him, ends up graduating college and then moving to Los Angeles. And that's where his career in songwriting and producing really began. He talks about putting out his first record, Silhouettes and Sand releasing a song every month over the course of three years, started in 2018 and finished January 2021. He told us about selling out his first ever tour in the beginning of 2020 and all about his brand new EP and the concept behind his EP, Golden Boy. You can watch our interview with Jake Scott on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram Twitter and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Jake Scott. Thanks for doing this, Jake. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm Adam, by the way, and our podcast is about you, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new record you have coming out on Friday as well. Amazing. Cool, cool. Um, first off, where were you born and raised? Well, taking all the way back to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, yeah, I was born and raised in Fayetteville in Northwest Arkansas. And uh, yeah, I lived there until I graduated college from the University of Arkansas, which is in Fayetteville. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I was, I, I was a thoroughbred. Wow, that's interesting. So you went to college there, everything? Did the whole thing, yeah, 22 oh. years. Oh, my gosh. Uh, must have liked it there, obviously. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's, such a, it's a beautiful place. It's such a fun. Honestly, you know, since leaving there, I realized how great of a place it was to grow up. And it's just such a fun town because it's like it's a small town in a lot of ways, but you still have like a lot of uh, access to a lot of like modern mm -hmm. city kind of amenities. So it's like you are in a small town, but at the same time, you're not in like the middle of nowhere. So, sure. Yeah, it was really cool. Because, I mean, like, there's a lot of, like, big corporations like Walmart and Tyson Chicken and J.B. Hunt and, like, a bunch of different, like, businesses that are headquartered in Northwest Arkansas. So, you, like, have access to a lot of really cool things. But uh, it's still a pretty tight-knit community, which is That's really cool. Is it more of, like, a college town? I, mean, I don't know anything about it. It's, if there's the, uh, the big yeah. colleges there, right? Yeah, the college is there, and it definitely is kind of uh, – it's the heart and soul of the town, I would say, for sure. But, um, but yeah, it's not one of those college towns when it's like during the summer, it feels like a ghost town. Like it's still definitely like thriving and has a really strong community. 
Okay, that's cool. Uh, but when college is in in session, it's definitely full of a lot of life and electricity, and like you know, the Razorbacks are our team. We don't have any professional teams in Arkansas, so uh, the Hogs are you know it is are everything <laughs> of, of the state, and it's really fun, honestly, that everyone's kind of you know unified on one thing. That is cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, you are you in LA now? I'm in LA now. Yeah, yeah quite yeah, different. Oh, it's totally different. Yeah, it like couldn't be more different. And sure. uh, I love it here for a lot of the, you know, in the ways that it is different, but also I still love Arkansas. It's such a great yeah. place. Yeah, I mean, I'm originally from San Diego in Southern California, and then I moved. My family and I just recently moved to Nashville, and we're like pretty south Nashville, like in the suburbs, and it feels more like that not small town, but it's like the pace of life is just so much slower. Like people like aren't as much in a hurry. And I like grew up, you know, 35 years of my life mm. there and 36 years of my life, whatever. Um, and it's just, everything's like, go, 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 go. And like, here, it's just like, it's all right. You can breathe. You can, you can slow down a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely beautiful about that, that I think I, I try to incorporate into my life here mm -hmm. and it's easy to get caught up in the current of sure this place it's easy <laughs> totally well how did how did you get into music uh so originally uh i when i was a kid i saw this movie called that thing you do okay and uh movie. that movie changed my life like i wanted to be the drummer i wanted to be shades and so that christmas i'm like six years old at the time mind you <laughs> That Christmas, I was like, I got to get a drum set for Christmas. And so Santa delivered. I got a drum set. And, Amazing. Uh, you know, my parents, like, bless their heart, they had to put up with me just kind of working it out. But ultimately, they, they, they found out pretty quick that, like, okay, he's got a decent sense of rhythm. Like, he's not just horrible at this. And so, like, they uh, hired a guy from around town who like played drums to come over and like teach me some technique and stuff like that. But that was kind of how I got started. I just loved playing the drums, totally a hobby. It was never anything that I took seriously at all, but um, started out playing the drums and then started playing drums uh, in like little, you know, junior high garage bands and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and started playing like in church in the church band and that was kind of when I started realizing, like, I was I was decent at the drums, and uh, and then ultimately I'm giving you like the the long. No, story. I love. That's what I want to know. <laughs> that's cool with you. <laughs> like the drums were always fun, and they were really. I got really into like the emo scene, you know, like screaming oh, yeah. emo. And the I drum, love that. The drumming of that kind of music was so impressive, mm -hmm. and it was kind of the heart and soul of those bands and those songs you have like you know the double kick pedal that was just going nuts and there's mm -hmm. all these complicated rhythms and breakdowns and half times and stuff like that it's really fun style of drumming and then <clears throat> when i was 16 i discovered john mayer for the first time and i heard continuum the album uh-huh and i mean it i said that thing you do changed my life like that legit changed my life i <laughs> sold the drums bought a guitar and I was like, I want to be John Mayer. And then after like six months of trying to learn how to play the guitar, I was like, I will never be John Mayer. <laughs> fantastic guitar player, like once in a generation. And so I kind of gave up the dream of like being a guitar hero and started really kind of latching on to his songwriting. 
and started becoming kind of like a huge uh, admirer of the craft. And, you know, he kind of was the gate that led me into this world of singer songwriters, you know, the Mm -hmm. Bob Dylan's of the world, Jackson Brown, uh, Coldplay was a huge band, you know, around that Mm -hmm. same time. And so like, I really dove deep into that world. And um, although I wasn't writing songs at the time, I was studying the songwriters that I loved and was a really, you know, just such an admirer of the craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I was wondering when you're talking about the emo and, and the double kick and the drums, and I'm like thinking his music doesn't really sound like that. So John Mayer was the key <laughs> to changing that sound of a bit. Yeah, it really, it really, um, you know, there was a lot of like emotional energy that was in that like emo music. And I think that's why mm-hmm. it, it caught on so hard was that sure felt it and that's you know rock and roll is always going to have a a place but i think i connected with it from the energy uh that it kind of brought out but then ultimately like when i heard the storytelling that was in the singer songwriter side of music Mm -hmm. i was like oh this is this feels like home sure kind of never gotten over it yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about those, the emo bands, like lyrics. And, and if you break them down into acoustic versions, when they would do that, I mean, there's some real like depth to those, to those oh. bands and those songs too. Yeah. And like a really beautiful, like it's funny you say stripping it down. Like if you strip down some of those songs and play them on a piano, like the melody is really beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, the lyric, but like stuff you don't really pay attention to when you're getting yelled at. But then when you sit <laughs> down, it's like, oh, that's really pretty. You know? <laughs> totally. When did you just, I mean, you have a fantastic voice. I was watching your most recent um, little clip on your Instagram and I'm just like blown away how good you are. And then one person in the comments is like, I've legit like listened to this 11 times. And I was thinking to myself, I think I've just listened to it about 10 or 11 times too. <laughs> wow. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, man, your voice is so great. Like, did you, when you were doing the singer-songwriter thing in the beginning, did you know that you could sing that well? Like, did you just have good pitch? You know, I I think I always had a sense of pitch, yeah. And, um, you know, once I honestly started, like, not to just beat the dead horse with the John Mayer thing, but, like, I had about a 15-minute drive to school every day. Uh-huh. And I had this Jeep when I turned 16 that the CD player broke and Continuum was stuck in the CD console. So, like, it was the only thing I could listen to. <laughs> At least it was a good record. Even worse. Right, exactly. So I just listened to that, like, every day. And the, the way I kind of, like, learned that I had a sense of pitch and, uh, you know, could sing a little bit was I was just singing along with John. Mm-hmm. And tried to match like his every move, every little run, every nuance and everything. And, um, and I was just, that was kind of how I figured it out a little bit, but then I started singing a lot, like in the church bands and stuff like that, okay. like singing and stuff. And so I started singing on a microphone, which is a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. And then um, really my like vocal boot camp, fast forward, you know, five years was when I started singing in a studio. And like okay. I could hear it back in real time in headphones, all of the imperfections, all of the things where, you know, it might have felt like it felt good coming out of my throat. I've never mm-hmm. explained this. It sounds weird to say. It felt good, but it didn't, I didn't like the way it sounded. And so I started kind of learning like, okay, I don't like the way my voice sounds when I do this, but I do like when I do this kind of a thing. So I just started kind of like learning 
uh, technique that way, just from singing in the studio every day. And uh, yeah, just what, kind of doing it that way. When did you get that opportunity? So it was a few years later, were you already writing songs and you were taking them into the studio at this point or? Yeah, so um, I went to college at the University of Arkansas, didn't study music, okay. but was just studying, um, was studying marketing and advertisement. My wife and I joke about this all the time because my major sounded really complicated. It was journalism with an emphasis on advertising and public relations and a minor in marketing. So it sounds like <laughs> more than it was, but essentially- Well, everything you would need for to be a musician, essentially. I mean, you need to market yourself, yeah. you need to sell I mean, yourself. You would think so, except that marketing technology has changed drastically <laughs> media and so i was sure. in like you know email blasts that's what i was right. and that doesn't really happen <laughs> you know, yeah. like i've had to really kind of just roll with it but i started writing songs my junior year of college um i had such a like i said i was such a fan and such a an admirer of the craft mm -hmm. that i think there was a huge fear that I carried of like, I don't want to be bad at this. I feel like I know that I want to try to write songs at some point in my life, mm -hmm. but if I'm bad at it, I'm going to be so disappointed and sad. So sure. like, I just put it off as long as possible. And then halfway through college, I went to this music festival and I saw all these artists up there singing and playing. And I was just like, man, I, this is what I want to do. Like I got to try. And so I went, I went back and I was in my dorm room and I just started writing a song and I was like, you know, even if this thing is terrible, I'm just going to power through it. And then I, like, I just got to try. And I wrote it and I got to the other side of it. And I was like, you know what? I actually like this. This is, this is good. And I truly just have never stopped, but I wrote that song and then I wrote about six more songs. And then um, I was in college one of my best friends started dating a girl who was from Nashville. Her Hi. dad owned a studio in Franklin and uh, he came to town one weekend to visit. And she was like, Oh, Hey dad, Jake's writing some songs. And he was like, cool. I'd I, I want to hear one. And I was like, yeah, you know, one day I'll play one for you. He goes, no, no, right now. I want to hear one. I've got a guitar in the other room. And I was like, Oh, wow. So I literally, we, no we pressure. Walked, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> walked to the next room and like on the spot, he's like, all right. He sits down in an armchair. It was, it was a hilarious moment. He sits down, like crossed his legs. was like, what you got? <laughs> so I sit there and I play him these two songs that I had written. And uh, he was like, you know what, man? You can use my studio for free anytime you want. And wow. I was like, wow. Okay, cool. And so about six months later, I hit him up and I was like, hey, summer break, like, were you serious? Can I actually come and record? And he was like, yep, I'll give you five days at the end of the summer. You and our intern can make a record. So have at it. And I was wow. like, all right, sweet. So I got to. You gotta kind of validated your, your songwriting, obviously, in that moment, yeah, I would think. It, yeah, he definitely did. And, um, you know, because he was just like, I, I really think like, I like, I like what you, what you're doing here. I'd love to see what it sounds like when you actually record it. And I was like, great. I've never been to a studio before. Let's do it. Wow. And, uh, and then, so fast forward, I go to the studio in Franklin, Tennessee, that studio is not there anymore. 
Oh, that's right around where I live. That's where yeah. I moved to. Yeah. So yeah. when I was talking about the smallish town vibe, not really a small town, but I mean, it's in, in a sense, it's slower than LA. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. But yeah, I was at, uh, I was at, I was in Franklin and we spent five days and I recorded five songs in five days, top to bottom, all the pieces, parts, everything. And uh, it was just a gauntlet of a week. And then, I can imagine. Yeah. And then a couple months later, I was like, all right, I'm going to put this little EP up on on iTunes. And um, I didn't think it, literally didn't think anything was going to happen. I mm-hmm. uh, thought like my mom and a couple close friends would would buy it and listen to it. And that was going to kind of be like my I got to be, you know, in the studio moment for my yeah. life. And then uh, that EP just kind of caught some traction and and got in like the the iTunes top five chart for the singer songwriter chart and caught in the, uh, the billboard heat seeker chart for uh, South Eastern America. And uh, it was just this crazy thing of being like, Oh wow. Like people are listening to this music and like people are connecting to it. And then I had these like A and R people from record labels hitting me up and, and all this, this stuff. And I was just like, Oh, like, I, I guess I'm going to do music now. Like, wow. Is I had, that over? Sorry, go ahead. No, you, uh, I, I basically was like, I had no idea. Like I, I loved it, but I never thought it could actually like be something that I did as a career. But then when I, this album, like, or this EP started catching on a bit, I was just like, maybe I should like give this a shot. Like maybe I should take this seriously. Um, but anyway, I cut you off. What were you saying? No, 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 no. I was going to, I was just going to ask, was that kind of overwhelming? I mean, you, you were still what you're about to be your senior year of college at this point and your records yeah, doing yeah. really I, well. Yeah. I, I literally was in my senior year and, um, you know, I was trying to figure out like, what am I doing with my life? Do I need to start applying for jobs and all this stuff? And I had started like doing internships at like marketing companies and stuff. And, uh, and then, yeah, the album like started doing well. And I was just like, uh, think this is what I should try to do and I was like talking to my parents about it and they were like should you like do this like should you go for this and I was like I I maybe and uh and anyway then I got connected to this guy um named David Hodges who's a who's a Grammy award-winning songwriter producer was in the band Evanescence Mm -hmm. and uh he calls me up one day and uh he was like hey man uh friend of mine sent me your EP and I listened to it and I had to, I had to call you because I think you are, you really got something special here and I want to work with you. I want to write with you. Wow. Like, well, I mean, I've never uh, <laughs> written before, but yeah, sure. Let's, <laughs> let's give it a shot. And he was like, cool, come out to LA next month and let's give it a shot and see how it goes. And so I flew out to, to LA the next month and we wrote a couple songs in a couple days and we just really hit it off and and then he was like man you know this was kind of a a tryout but um I want you to when you graduate in six months I want you to move to LA and start working with me and I want to kind of like show you how to have a career in this business because he was like wow. I think he's like I think you're going to be a really successful artist but I also think that you can um write songs and produce songs for other people like I do. Mm-hmm. And I want to teach you how to do that. And I was just like, sign me up. Let's do this. And oh so I, uh, 
He actually tried to convince me to drop out of school. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty shocked that he was like, you know what? You go ahead and graduate you know, and come back and see me. Yeah. Hodges was like, so, I mean, you're going to drop out. Right. And like, <laughs> and I was like, dude, I've got six months left, like before I graduate and I've already put three and a half years in, like, I might as well just finish this, but I'll be right. writing songs the whole time. So I'll like have an album ready to go. Uh, when I move out and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. 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 Totally. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, that next semester, I just like structured my class schedule to where I had two days a week where I didn't have any class. I just, I just had class Monday, Wednesday, Friday mm-hmm. and Tuesday, Thursday, I would just spend all day in my room writing songs and like, just kind of trying to figure it out. Like I didn't have any framework of like how it worked or studying. I didn't know any of the math. I just, mm-hmm. I just knew what felt good to me and what didn't feel good. And and I just, I knew that my boot camp would just be repetition. And so I was just going to keep doing it as much as I could. And anyway, I graduated, moved to LA that summer Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then have been doing it ever since. Wow. And is that the, did you put out silhouettes and Santa's at the record that you wrote? During yeah, that time period? That's the record I wrote during that time period. And it's interesting because I had, at the time, I was releasing music under this band name called Tossing Copper. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Like, okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And uh, because at the time, like when I made that first EP back, like my very first one, uh, I I didn't think, I mean, this is not me being like falsely humble. Like I was genuinely like, I don't think I'm good enough on my own to to like be successful. So I'm going to make a band, but okay. I don't have any band members yet. <laughs> so I'm just going to create the band name, release the music, and then I'll find the band after the fact. And then when it started doing well, I was kind of like, well, maybe I should be a solo artist, but I already have this band name. So like, maybe I can be like Boney Vare or city city in color where it's like, uh-huh. it's, guy but it's a band name and it's like sure (laughs) weird like front and so i get to la hodges and i make the album silhouettes and sand and then i sat on that album for like a year because i was like well i don't know if i want to do the tossing copper thing i want to be myself i want to kind of like lean more into like pop singer songwriter rather than like the super folksy singer songwriter because at the time that that like trend was kind of dying and i was like oh, i don't want to like be holding on to this right right you know what i mean and uh and so i kind of didn't know what to do so i just kind of let it sit there for a year and then and then i ended up putting it out um in 2015 and uh but at the time so when I moved to town, I knew I had a lot to learn, especially on the production side of things. Like I had never even seen Pro Tools. And, and so Hodges was just like, sit next to me for six weeks and just watch. And then in six weeks time, I'm going to let you sit in the chair and I'm going to make you do all of my demos. <laughs> was, wow. Yeah. How amazing is it that he let you, I mean, yeah. to hear just your your EP and say, you know what, I'm going to let you, I'm going to teach you to produce, not only like, I think you're a rad singer songwriter and I'll have you, you know, put a record out or whatever, but to like yeah. really invest that much into you. That's so amazing. Yeah, man. I mean, I am so grateful to him for how much he invested in me and, and believed in me and really, you know, 
because I slowed down his process like a ton at the beginning. Like he would be sitting there going like, nope, 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 not right. And I'm just like, ah, man, damn it. Like I got to figure this out. And then eventually like I started getting better and better and better. And, but he was really patient and stuck with me. And, and uh, yeah, I owe him so much. Um, but it's interesting when I got there and was working with him, I kind of, without being fully aware of it, sort of got kind of pulled into the the deep end of writing and producing for other people all the time. Okay. And so, which I loved and I learned so much, but I got like two years into that and was like, wait, I haven't written a song for me in like two years. Like, this is great. This is fun. But ultimately, like, I want to be the artist. Like, I want to be the one singing these songs. And like, that's why I got into this in the first place. And so I started realizing like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like I've got to really kind of put my heels into the ground and really pursue this because, you know, when you get into the writing and production world, it kind of sort of turns into golden handcuffs, uh, you know, like mm -hmm. it is paying your bills and that's great. And especially in the music industry, it's like anything you can do to pay your bills, right? You do it, you yeah, know, all of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I definitely tried to, it was, it was hard to kind of shift gears and walk away from that, but I knew that I needed to do it. And, um, and so I really started like slowly, but surely like cutting back, uh, my sessions for other people and really started focusing on writing music for myself and, and uh, built up a collection of these, you know, songs for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like I'm skipping over so much, but I basically, once I got to the point where I had a, a decent, like an album's worth of songs for myself, mm -hmm. I decided like, okay, I'm going to release this music as my own name is Jake Scott. And instead of releasing these songs all at once, like an album, I'm just going to release one song every month and see if that works. And because I feel like for where I'm at as an artist, I don't really have a, you know, a huge fan base or anything yet. So it's not like the world is clamoring for my album, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but if I can release one song at a time, just over and over and over and over again, then eventually people will start to catch on they'll find the old songs, they'll find the new songs. And then hopefully this thing can kind of start to snowball. And um, I started doing that January of 2018. And uh, I did it for three years straight. Wow. Of just a song every month. And, and uh, <clears throat> I'm so grateful that I did that. I'm so glad I chose to do it that way. And uh, yeah, I, I did it all the way up until january of this year 2021 and, and is then, that what is that when you started the actual record that you have coming out yes oh wow so um yeah at the end of 2020 i really started to feel i felt myself really craving a longer story you know i wanted to be able to have the ability to tell a longer story than just one song would allow so i wanted to kind of like have you know, a body of work where each song was kind of a different chapter in the same book. So, mm -hmm. to speak. and, uh, 
I realized like I had the, all these ideas and these concepts that were kind of like bubbling up. And I was like, oh, I think this feels like an EP or it either feels like an album or an EP or something. And I, you know, started really kind of thinking about it. It was scary because like the song a month thing had kind of become my shtick. You know, that was kind of what I was like known for. And, uh, and so I told my managers, I was like, guys, I think I've got a record that I want to make. So I think I'm going to close up shop on the song a month thing at the beginning of 2021. And they were like, all right, let's do it. Wow. So I started writing it um, in September of 2020. And I was writing those songs kind of in the background because I was still releasing other songs. and was writing this record. And uh, yeah, now it's coming out on Friday. Wow. Wow. Was there a particular song that you saw when you were doing like the one song a month that really, you know, kind of caught fire or was it kind of like a gradual? It was uh, really gradual at first. Yeah. I, I, it took, so like the first two years straight was like really slow incremental growth. Like it would, you know, if you're just looking at the metric of like your monthly listeners on Spotify, which is so dumb, but people look at the number, <laughs> you, you know. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Really. Um, but like, you know, if I was watching that, like I started the whole project with like 50,000 monthly mm -hmm. listeners on Spotify from my old stuff. So there was already like a little bit of a pre-existing mm -hmm. uh, group. And then, you know, it would go up like five to 10,000 after this song. And then it would drop five to 10,000 after that. And then it would rise and fall and rise and fall. And it was slowly but surely kind of climbing up and I think I ended the first year at like 150,000. Wow. Um, so it was like, it grew, but it wasn't like mine. A million and a half. Yeah. yeah like it, it wasn't like a lot, but I was, it was enough for me to be like, okay, this is working. I'm going to keep going. Cause I had sure. only really planned to do it for one year mm -hmm. and then kind of evaluate from there. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, the numbers are definitely like growing. So I'm just going to keep releasing a song a month. And then just kept that going for a whole nother year. And the last song I released in 20, no, second to last song that I released in 2019 was a song called Favorite T-Shirt. Mm -hmm. um, that song was definitely a big turning point for me because at that, when I, right before I released Favorite T-Shirt, I was, I was like just about to hit a million monthly listeners. And then that was the first song that ever got on like a Spotify editorial playlist and got oh, sure. new music Friday. Um, wow. And I have to say that that did um, kind of trampoline effect a lot of stuff. So it took me two years to get to a million and then it took me like 40 days to get to 2 million. So it was wow. like, it was very exponential um, from, from there. And then in 2020, you know, <laughs> I think we all had grand plans. My hopes. <laughs> things and and uh, I just signed on with like at the end of 2019, like I signed on with the, with a booking agent, and I was like, all right, let's go tour the world, like let's do this thing. And uh, I did actually go on a little tour in February of 2020. Okay. Right was it your first time like really playing like, yeah. like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had played little shows. Sure. Before. But this was definitely my first time doing like a proper tour and it was only five shows, but it was like, it was sold out and it was amazing. So fun. Like it was so intoxicating. And I was just like, I want to do this all the time. Let's go. And like, <laughs> it was incredible. 
And then, you know, my last show was, I think, the 28th of February. And I fly back and we've got all these grand plans and, and you know, going to go back on the road in May and this like nationwide tour. And then obviously two weeks later, the whole world shuts down. But oh uh, man. Yeah. But so, then I kept releasing a song every month and did it that way. So, oh, you did. So you continued this song a month throughout 2020. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause that you said 2021 is when you decided on the record. Yeah. Well, okay. I was kind of like, you know, it was really sad and disappointing, obviously, for everybody. I'm not uh -huh. in a vacuum there. But, um, Basically, once once quarantine started, I was kind of like, well, I guess I'll just keep doing what I've been doing and I'll just uh -huh. keep writing songs and producing songs in my home studio and then just keep putting them out online and see if we see so just like keep trying to build this thing up and keep the ball rolling. And and so, you know, I was very fortunate in that regard that that uh, quarantine didn't affect my day to day life very much because it's like mm -hmm. touring hadn't become like a major part of my life yet. Sure. You know? And so I was just kind of keep, keep the, the keep, ball yeah, rolling. Doing yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah. What, what was working, obviously. Thank you. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was fun and, and I'm, I'm so glad I did it, but I'm definitely, I'm very, very excited for this record to come out this week. That is amazing. Um, I'm curious, was it hard to stay, you know, inspired throughout the the quarantine I, i've talked to artists that either were like yeah it was it was easy i was super inspired or like no i was so bored with my house and you know the mundane aspect yeah, of life I at that mean, point i think both i think i had waves of inspiration and then i had i had weeks where i was just like what is life right now like what am i doing i don't have anything to write about because i'm not able to do anything other than just right. in this room and, and you know so yeah i think both um but luckily it was just kind of like spending a few years on the other side of the curtain just writing songs every single day you just kind of it, it sort of becomes like a muscle you know and you just have to keep working it out and the more you do it the the i guess easier it gets to just keep going you know yeah sure for sure with the, the with their new record golden boy um did you like when you were writing those songs you said you started writing them in what september or so yeah. for the new album yeah um were those songs that you had started thinking like okay like you still have what four months or so on your like um, a, uh, a song a month up until 2020 mm -hmm. uh did you have those like four songs done and you're like okay i'm gonna start writing a record like did you have a record in mind when it started like tell me like what was the shift there and how yeah. how did you decide what was going to go on the first or the monthly song and what was going to go make the record yeah good question um i did i did i think if I'm remembering right, I had a few songs kind of in the hopper okay. that I had slotted for the rest of 2020. So I kind of knew which ones were like, okay, these are going to be singles that I'm just going to release this year. Mm -hmm. And then I had a pretty specific concept that I was writing for the Golden Boy EP. So I kind of knew as I was, uh, I, I, the way I write songs is kind of like, I, call it the crock pot method which is 
stupid. But um, basically, like I have anywhere from two to six ideas going at any given time. I, I very rarely sit down and finish a song in a day. Oh, interesting. Um, so I'll sit down for like, you know, 30, 45 minutes at a time. And if I find like a, a piece of a melody that I really like, and I'll kind of work that one out and, and like record it on a voice memo. And then I'll, I'll walk away and listen back to it while I'm driving or while I'm like on a run or something like that. And if it's something that is, uh, you know, continues to stick out to me or it's like, Ooh, that's really good. I'm going to finish that one. Then I'll, you know, put a couple stars by it in my voice memo and I'll make sure that I come back to it. And I'll, I'll write kind of in, you know, 30 minute to three hour bursts, um, like that. But then sometimes, you know, you sit down, you're like in a writing session with other people and it's like, okay, well for the next five hours, we're going to finish a song. And so, um, sometimes I'll bring some of those little pieces of ideas, but all that to say, I had some ideas going in the crock pot that were, I knew were golden boy songs. Mm -hmm. And then I had a couple ideas that were like, okay, these don't feel like they would fit into golden boy, but I do like them and I do want to, you know, release them separately okay no that makes sense with, with golden boy is it's not a, a concept record right it's just yeah no, it, is. Oh, it, it is tell me the yeah. concept i didn't realize that yeah yeah so the whole basically the concept elevator pitch has become that in quarantine like all of us kind of i had to really slow down and and it forced me to do a lot of kind of soul searching and take a long hard look at myself and my life. And, um, I started doing a lot of therapy as well. And, and, uh, I just started noticing some patterns in my life, uh, that I wanted to grow in and I wanted to kind of get past in my life, just kind of recurring patterns that, that felt unhealthy that I wanted to kind of get some clarity on and some healing in. And over the course of, of doing therapy and kind of understanding parts of my self, I started seeing that there was kind of a, a piece of my personality that had developed over the years that um, kind of learned how to be a shapeshifter and, and be whatever version of myself I had to be to win the love and approval and acceptance of whoever was in front of me at the time. And that part of me, my therapist and I nicknamed the golden boy. And ultimately, the golden boy was really good at uh, gaining people's, you know, acceptance and love, but was very afraid of letting anyone really close. And so I started noticing that the people who were closest to me in my life um, always kind of felt like they were a bit at an arm's distance from me, or they never felt like they got the real me or like the full me because there was a kind of a level that they couldn't get past and that I couldn't open up fully mm -hmm. to anybody. And so ultimately this part of me was holding me back as an adult, as a young man, it gave me a sense of safety, but as an adult in real relationships, it was holding me back from the people closest to me and keeping me stuck in a lot of ways. And so this album, this EP is really kind of the process of becoming aware of this, coming to terms with myself and then ultimately having a turning point where I'm able to let go of this false self called the golden boy to be able to kind of like walk into whoever my authentic self is. I love that. I think that people are, I mean, I, I can definitely relate to that. I'm sure a lot of people can, that that's a fascinating story. I can't wait to, to hear yeah. the record. That's amazing. Yeah. Thanks man. And, and each song on the, 
record is kind of a different way the golden boy would would show up in my life and kind of manifest in my life and so uh yeah i'm really excited it's it's also kind of scary because it's it's very vulnerable oh sure i mean yeah you're really letting yeah putting yourself out there especially i mean explaining it like that too i mean now it's yeah it's your life that's exactly what you're going through and how you how you were able to manage it wow that's that's powerful (laughs) thank you man i I love that yeah i i wasn't sure i didn't realize it was going to go that deep because i was you know you did the whole golden boy donut campaign so i was like is this gonna go like left like and then you're like telling me this very like deep like it uh, makes total sense and it's just like this beautiful storyline like how did you even get involved with the with the donut thing how did that oh, even the donut thing is so funny so i uh, the donut uh passion is not an act like i am obsessed <laughs> with donuts okay um, since i was a kid man i just i love donuts and uh and my managers knew about my, my donut craze. Like they, they, they have been with me when I'll, I'll eat like six to seven donuts in a sitting. It's just <laughs> disgusting. And, uh, and so one morning we were on zoom and we were talking about, you know, like the record was coming into fruition and they were kind of like, okay, let's think about like marketing. Like how can we market this record without, you know, only talking about the same thing over and over again. And I was eating a donut and my manager was like, what if, what if you had like a donut pop-up shop? And I was like, oh, that's so stupid. We could call it Golden Boy Donuts. And they were like, <laughs> oh, that's so funny that there's no way that would ever happen. And then uh, he just was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig around on this. And he sent Grubhub a cold email. <laughs> and then they responded and they were like, we love this. We're trying to get into the music space. Like we love music. We're passionate about it. We've never done anything like this. So like, let's go. And wow. They have been like so supportive of it. They've been very, very helpful and like have really rolled out on this concept. And and uh, so basically for the next six months on Grubhub in like, you know, I think 50 different cities throughout the country, you can go on there and order Golden Boy Donuts and each donut is named after a song on the record. And it's uh, it's so ridiculous and hilarious that that it actually exists and so yeah i totally agree like when i announced that and like all of the marketing that's gone around golden boy donuts has been so fun and so goofy and uh so but yeah i was like when you're telling me like this deep story i was like wow like and then i'm like but he did this donut shop like it was just it's been such a fun thing one to let people into like you know parts of my personality that they probably Mm -hmm. haven't got to see and then also i it's been really fun to be able to talk about the record without just talking about music all the time and people being like come on man we get it you make music this is another (laughs) thing i'm just like however there's this other thing that i love other than music and it's donuts and um yeah it's been really fun man did you just, you got to, I'm sure, choose what, what donut was for each each song in the oh, record. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah. you, you just choose your favorites or like. How I did. did. Yeah. Was it, was it hard to narrow that down? I mean, you only had what, like five or six donuts? Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> I think the whole menu is like eight, eight or nine donuts, I think. Oh, wow. You got. OK. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I wanted to make sure because I don't have like a brick and mortar store, like I wanted to make sure that every donut shop that would be partnering with us would have access to this kind of donut. So I tried to pick, you know, staples, Uh, (laughs) but man, it was so fun. I had, I had a blast. Uh, 
writing the menu for it. And what was funny is I was writing this menu just trying to like make my managers laugh. And I was, so I was just goofing around. And then uh, they sent it to Forbes magazine who, who did a write-up on it, which was incredible. Uh-huh. But they didn't tell me they were putting the menu in the, in the article. And so <laughs> I look and I, on freaking Forbes magazine, my stupid menu made it on the, the, the article. And it's like just me being an idiot. And I was just like, I would never in my wildest dreams would have imagined this was going to end up in Forbes. That's so good. I love that. <laughs> and then you have one in uh, your hometown, Rick's, Rick's Bakery. Is that a spot you used to go I to do. Quite, yeah. quite frequently? Oh, dude, Rick's is the spot. Shout out <laughs> Rick's Bakery. They, that is my favorite donut shop on the planet to this day. Um, they're the birthplace of, of my obsession. I love that. And then there's one here in Nashville too, I saw. So I'm going to have to try that place. Oh, uh, yeah. Fox Donut Den. I haven't been, but yes. my wife is a huge advocate for donuts. So I'm sure <laughs> we're new to town. So I think we have we found a spot. We'll have to hit it up, especially try some of, some of your donuts. I love yeah. it. Come on. <laughs> Get a sticker with my face on it. It's going to be great. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> and what about like, I mean, you're to- you said you're you got to tour in 2020, but um, yes. things closed down, obviously. And now, now stuff is opening up again. Uh, do you have any plans to, to tour this this new EP? Like, what, do you have yeah. anything in the works? Yeah, definitely big things in the works, which are going to get announced very soon. Cool. Uh, but it uh, looks like January 22 is, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a nationwide um tour because i was supposed to go out in september of 2021 but uh my wife and i are having our first daughter i I did see that i was when i was uh you know creeping on your instagram i did see that congratulations uh, congratulations yeah man we're so excited and getting ready to for her to be here end of august so obviously with a brand new baby it's not going to be the best time for me to hit the road so we pushed it back <laughs> probably <a> not <laughs> pushed it back a few months and so I'm, I'm hitting the road january of 2022 and uh, i'm going everywhere i love it i cannot wait are you gonna bring the fam or is it she yeah, gonna be too small yeah. oh, okay I think, I think we're gonna you know obviously this is our first child so we're, we're gonna figure out you know how that all works you know we're not gonna try to be too optimistic but i think what we're looking at right now is uh rachel and and the baby are going to come out for as much of it as 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 they can i love that that's so cool i like yeah i have have two kids of myself and and i love bringing them just stuff like work and when i was in radio for a long time bringing them up on the stage and stuff they gotta always got a kick of it gonna be well-traveled kids (laughs) sure that's amazing and thank you so much jake for doing this man i really appreciate it yeah i appreciate you having me this is awesome um, I do have one more question for you before I let you go. Uh, do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Ooh. Uh, take the pressure off. Don't be so precious about each thing being perfect because you're never going to be perfect and nothing you make is going to be perfect. But it could really resonate with some people. So don't put so much pressure on each song to be the thing that's going to change your life just put it out. And if it's good enough, people will listen. And luckily you can write another song tomorrow. So keep going and just take the pressure off.